What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're youngin' up in here. You know what I mean? We gotta get that demographic. <laughs> this. Thank you. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? That's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go and start the podcast. And my name is Mega, and this is episode number one hundred and three. And we've done a lot of episodes. And I'm going to start this off with Jess. Let's start with here. I swear to God, I've been looping this shit <laughs> so much, man. And I want to, well, while I'm saying that, I want to go ahead and uh, give a shout out to our guest. This is our guest that we have on today, uh, Marcus D. And uh, I think a lot of you will probably be familiar with the name, but we're going to learn a lot more about him in just a few moments. And uh, Late is still not here. He's taking a sabbatical, and hopefully he'll be back soon. We'll just say he's late for now, uh, but shout out to the God. And today we've got a former guest, a good friend, a friend of the show, uh, my new comic book homie. We, we, we recently found out we were both very deep into comic books, and so we've been talking about comic books a lot. I've got Submerse. Peace. Yo. What up, fam? What's good, man? Good to see you. You too. Marcus, good to see you too, man. Peace, peace. Thanks for having me on. Yo, this, this beat... It's kind of been like my morning shit. Like I kind of wake up and I'm like, oh man, you know who the best is? I'm kind of the best. This is like, this is kind of what rings in my head as I'm doing my little morning affirmation. Yeah, yeah man. This is a, it's a happy track. I don't usually make too much like real super happy stuff, but this is, I think everything on um, Times Remembered is a little more upbeat and yeah. happy mood. Yeah. I was going to say that compared to um, several of your other albums, I don't want to say it's uh, like more refined, but there is a different uh, like aesthetic quality here. Oh. Um, but I dig it, man. Yeah, this is. You, man. I feel like um, a lot of these are not like beats to say. You know, a lot of them feel like actual like orchestral compositions. Okay. Like you listen to this shit, and this is like, I don't I don't really know exactly what's going on. It's like that sample like changes and grows and progresses. Like, did you just like take? You know what I mean? Like a yeah, whole yeah. like four bar measure or something because right. it's, it's really beautiful. And man, I've really been enjoying it. Thank so, you, man. It means a lot. So, yeah, me too, man. I really like this like uh, strip back kind of format of like not being too punchy on like kicks and snares and hats and just like. It's different, right? Especially when there's like, I don't know, recently uh, stuff like Conway, Rock Marciano, like Match Homie kind of like. Yeah. I love beats. Just uh, the samples. Uh, yeah, man. And it just like, it's just like the raw emotion. Yeah. With I'm going to just hit shuffle play and play a bunch of Marcus D as the musical bed for this track. Why not? You don't mind that, do you? No, man. Cool, man. <laughs> We're just kicking it today. I, I wanted to make this kind of like a little bit of a more um, relaxed and not so interview based type of uh, conversation. Because for one, like uh, I'm familiar with your music, but uh, I'm not like a super fan. I don't know all your albums. I don't know um, exactly how you started. And I've got I've got some tidbits of things that I know. But because of that, I kind of didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to research much. I kind of wanted to see right. if it emerged here because I imagine I imagine we'll have a lot of listeners to this that are huge fans of yours. My nephew Trey, he was like, "What? Marcus D is going to be on a podcast?" Like, "Oh, that feels tight." Like, man, like, oh, and and shout I was like, "Oh, good." Trey. Yeah, shout out to my <laughs> nephew Trey. He's still killing it, fam. Like, 
Um, but yeah, t- you know, I thought today is kind of a strange day. It's leap, it's leap year day. That's right. The 29th. Right, you know Which, what I mean? Actually, I only have a half birthday every how many years? Four years. Every four years. Your it's your birthday? Half birthday. What? Yeah. That's crazy. August, Yo, that's August 29th. Okay. So I'd never have. I mean, it's not as bad as people that are born on February 29th, yeah. but. Hey. Me too, man. No shit. <laughs> Yo, like I said, it's a magical time. We're in like a weird <laughs> temporal space right now. Yeah, that right. Is, is this out of other bullshit? And we're all we're all uh, we're all here in Japan per usual. The Mega Late Show. I guess I should introduce what that is, right? Uh, Tokyo Hip Hop and Creative Culture Podcast. Uh, we specialize in getting all the dope people and incredible people from around Tokyo and those visiting Tokyo. Uh, we also let you guys know upcoming shows that are happening here and things of that nature. Um, fuck, I want to give a shout out to Jansport J who was on the podcast last week him and slim jeff are just incredible and damn like i saw them perform last night at heavy six zero jan sports beat sounds so much doper over uh, a system than in my headphones it's just like you know the bass has to kind of shake your chest a little bit so shout out to them he's really killing it and making a lot of waves in los angeles uh so word Oh, that, that was a nice oh, yeah. end right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, out, out of curiosity, what, what does he use to play uh, live? Uh, he uses a, a fucking uh, a DJ controller. Oh, okay. He makes all of his beats on a on a, uh, a machine. A machina? Is that right, what, right, the right. Pro- correct pronunciation? A machina MK3. Okay. And he also uses the micro MK3, I think. But uh, yeah, he rocks off of a, a DJ controller with you know tr- p- trigger pads and so like he DJs right. as he triggers you know the right, samples right. and shit but man it was a, it was a really dope set and uh, it was a lot of good energy he's uh probably with Buddha Monk right now right, i right. think there's going to be a lot of music <laughs> with him and Buddha Monk coming out cuz that fool has been busy since since he came into town so um shout out to shout out to all of them and Phonics too for helping facilitate that he's on the last episode and as you listen to this second part of their episode dropped on Tuesday Second part of this episode will drop on the following Tuesday, and I like all of y'all, man. How are we feeling about the coronavirus, guys? Uh, um, Marcus came in with the gas mask on; <laughs> he was prepared. <laughs> this Ek Bukuro, yeah. though, man, this is like yeah. the new Chinatown. Yeah. So I, I know the vibes. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac, kind of a germaphobe, so you know, it's a little it's a little anxious anxietous for mm. me but um you know i i think that the media is also fear-mongering in a lot of places yeah. where ratings all people yeah. want to hear about is coronavirus right now because yeah, it is right. you know it's new and it's not um known about yeah so dude the thing that scares me is uh the olympics is coming up in japan right so like you would think that if anything, Japan wants to keep it on the hush hush or like right. make it appear like everything's okay. Right. But the fact that they cancel like school and right. companies from like work that like don't go outside makes me think like, oh shit, like is yeah. this like for real? Yeah, like, because like they're getting to the point where I mean they handled the cruise terribly. Where yeah, really um, bad. You know that doctor Kentaro Iwata from um, Kobe University was on there as a DMAT um, person. And he said that he couldn't tell where, you know, the green zone and the red zone was. He said he's dealt with Ebola in Africa, cholera in China, SARS outbreak in China. And um, he said he felt more scared on the Diamond Princess Cruise than he did in Africa dealing with Ebola. Because he said that he knew where 
the virus was in Africa, but in the cruise, they didn't have it marked well. And he said that it was just a bunch right. of bureaucratic bullshit. Where yeah. They removed the YouTube video, right? Like after he removed hours. it because like he talked to um, the diet and everything. Right, and right, I'm sure right. they, you know, he, he said that he didn't, the reason he removed it was because he didn't want, it wasn't meant to offend people or right. meant to like criticize. Right. He wanted things to change. And then he said that things were changed because this person on the in inside said that, you know, after he came in, mm. after he posted the video, right, right. they changed it and got their shit together. But so that that's the biggest thing where I was like, you know, and now, now yeah, they're letting people it. off. Right. And these people are testing positive after being let off. Right. And this, they just let him on to public transit. Dude, this lady rode a train all the way to, all the way to Tochigi. It's crazy, right? Yeah. They they got off the cruise and they get onto a bus with like the bus drivers and like full hazmat like suit mask everything, yeah. and then they take them to a local station in like yeah. somewhere, right. and they just get off and take a subway. Yeah. And so it's like that's a it's huge oversight to me. Yeah. Where yeah. they, I think the health minister. Um, Katsunobu. I, I, yo, shout out to you for just remembering the names of all yeah. these people. Shit. I mean, yo, you're killing I, I'm, it. I've been studying this shit, man, because I, I, I just think that a lot of times drop. it's not getting the. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think that you know, because in the states, people don't really know about it yet because right. we don't really we don't tend to care about things until they affect either ourselves or people that we care about mm -hmm. or people right. that are close to us. So for me, it's happening right here in Tokyo. Yeah. And to me, that's scary. Um, well, but I think that they're not covering things up, but I think that they're getting to the point where the IOC told right. them that if this isn't cleared up and yeah, cleaned yeah. up and you have proof of it, then we can't have right, the Olympics. Right. And dude, Japan spent $12.5 billion. Yeah. That's that yeah. budget for the Olympics. They said that they're almost double that. Sure. Right. So if they cancel the Olympics, They've spent how much money for nothing? So yeah. that's a huge loss. That's a big yeah. investment yeah. that they can't get back. So. It's nuts. My my wife works for um, the city of Toshimaku, you know, Ikebukuro, mm -hmm. and she told me around the time that the virus started to, um, you know, gain media attention and, and people were really starting to worry. She approached she approached her boss because she's in the um, she's in the uh, multicultural an integration division and so they are the ones that have information in other languages for people who are living out here and her boss was just like yeah we don't know what to do we're not going to do anything and they really didn't get started on trying to uh, make people aware of how to be safe or where to go because like nobody there wanted to be proactive they're all waiting for somebody else to tell them what to do so bureaucracy this, this and, and japan is great for that that in mm -hmm. like fax machines right and so like yeah i i um I got to say, like, for, for the first several weeks, I was like, ah, I'm not too worried about it. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like, I would eat that bat, too. But <laughs> but no. Um, no, absolutely not. I do not eat bats, by the way. And if you heard that, that's a lie. Uh, but, but, man, like, I'm out there. I never rock a mask. I've been rocking a mask. I got my hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. I try not to hold anything. I have a bad habit of holding on to the escalator when I'm going up. Just right. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know. killed that shit right away. I yeah. used to do that all the time when I was yeah. like, nope. Hell on, yeah. on the train, I always like to have three points of contact, you know, yeah, my yeah, hand yeah. and both feet. But now I'm trying to like surf, oh, right. exactly. surf on the Yamanote line. Surf, man. Yeah, man. Dude, I was on a train yesterday and uh, 
I'm like in the middle of the, the, the carriage and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hold on to like the handrail. I'm not going to hold on to the thing above. I'm going to hold on to like the rail at the very top. I was like, yeah, I'm small. Nobody can my moves. And then I look down and everybody's doing <laughs> the exact same thing. Yo, I, but I've been thinking about different ways to approach it too. Like, in, you know, the little hooks where, where the uh, the handle comes down, the strap, I'll put one finger in between the yeah. rail and that. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody's doing this. They're not on yeah, yeah. Yo, so if you're listening to the Mega Late Show and you pick up that gem, go ahead and tweet me about that or whatever. <laughs> Let me know this is working out. Cover, man. I Everybody's yeah. gonna be touching them with the right, right. Yeah, I should have kept that secret. We don't have a huge listener base, but I mean, yeah. shout out to all y'all, dude. I, I haven't opened a door with my hands in like weeks. What do you El- do? Elbows, like elbows every time, man. Like yeah, elbows, or you just kick it. Yeah. Yep, kick it. Yeah, hit it with a, get a little shoulder off of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know the vibes, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I mean, it's definitely changing things out here right yeah. now, where people are. Yeah, and I, I think that you know, I've said this before. I think that if things get better, um, and you know, in a quicker fashion than anywhere else, it'll be because of the Japanese people, not because of the government. The government yeah. has botched things, you know, yeah. continuously. But Japanese people are conscientious and aware right. of their surroundings. And when things get serious, you know, I think people take it Word. very seriously. So I, I remain optimistic, man. I'm hoping yeah. that it doesn't, you know, hit us. I'm hoping that there's not a huge outbreak out here because it affects old people, and that's the majority of our population. I hope everybody stays right. safe and shit, but word. H- how long have you been in uh, Japan, Marcus? Um, I've been, I moved out here almost a little more than three and a half years ago. Oh, tight. Um, but I've been, the first time I came out was 2010, um, so... And I really haven't. You've been back and forth back a lot, though, since, right? Yeah, there were a couple times where I was living here for like six months out of it, as long as my uh, okay. visitor's visa oh, dope, would allow man. me. So, yeah, I've been back and forth for 10 years. You plan on staying out here, or is it just kind of like a yeah. way station? I mean, for the time being, it, it works for yeah. me right now, um, and it fits my lifestyle. And, you know, I miss my family and everything, but um, it's a point where, you know, I've wanted to be out here for my whole life really and i've got a chance to and um don't have too much responsibility other than um making music and taking care of my you know my wife and everything but um yeah man i'm enjoying it out here and yo can i ask you guys this question how many like in the big pack of eggs how many eggs are there in japan yes Uh, we got eight from marcus d that's just off the top. Dude, I know you can get like uh You can get a six pack. You can get a six pack. You can get a four pack. Yes. You can get a two pack. That's right. You can yeah. get a one pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get one, you the can big get pack one. Of, the big pack the of big eggs. Pack. Dude, there's something like In America it's, it's twelve. Twelve. A okay. dozen eggs. Yeah. I think it's like I found it's like this fourteen. No, dog. Mm-hmm. I found this out the other day. I was like, yo, I'm gonna go get a dozen eggs. And then I went and I saw and I was like, there's only ten eggs in here. So, oh, like, tiny. in my neighborhood, there's one, two, three, four little grocery stores. The bottom floor of this apartment building is a grocery store. Right. I was like, fuck it. I got to do a little bit of investigation here. Right. I, all of them are 10. And then I've been going to other places. I've been living my whole life. I've been in Japan for eight years. I thought we had dozens of eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told my students, like, adult students, like, yo, right. yeah, I grabbed a dozen eggs. And they're like, what's a dozen? I was like... <laughs> 12 and nobody corrected <laughs> me you know what i mean like yeah it was incredible but yeah that's a weird ass tangent word word man it's still uh when i learned something new about japan yo you know it kind of hurts me now a little bit ugai what's that ugai what is ugai um gargling 
See, y'all didn't know that either, right? <laughs> yeah, no. I I had no idea. And like people are talking about, well, the, the the three main ways that we can protect ourselves from the coronavirus is washing our hands, getting good sleep, and ugai. Huh? What the, what the fuck is ugai? ugai? That's crazy. Yeah. And then I, I looked it up and I was like, oh. And all the kids at like uh, elementary schools and stuff, when they wash their hands, they you know yeah, put yeah. the water in their mouth and then gargle yeah. and spit huh. and i was like Damn. yeah okay you know they got no so idea. many words that are like they're onomatopoeia words oh, I love like, mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I thought that ugai would be more like gula gula when you think about it kind of i mean ugai is kind of like yeah, a, uh, a guttural, japan know? is on some next level when it comes to language oh, yeah. man it's, it's oh, yeah. still confusing the shit out of me but uh, shout out to ugai the one thing that i will never agree with is japan's word for like when you sneeze what is that action Hexion? Yeah, hexion, oh. dude. I don't know. I might like, be down dude, for that. Dude, I'm like, you can't replace a chew. Like, yeah, a chew is a, chew is a classic. Yeah. The, the, uh, the hay fever is called kafun shell. Yeah, right. kafun shell, which uh, is like... Word. Weird. That's <laughs> word. <laughs> I, mean, I had to go into... Um, I, I never had allergies before I came to Japan. And then with hay fever and stuff, like, you know, my signs be getting all, you know, <clears> messed <throat> up. So I had to go into yeah. the pharmacy and be like, hey, do you have kafun shell medicine? I just mm. felt hella weird saying, yeah, yeah, do you have yeah. kafun shell medicine? Like, I get my shit from the, from the military bases. I have a homie go through. I buy a bunch of, like, Claritin and mm. all that shit. Yeah, and that's what, that's what you need. Yeah. I, I went to a American. specialist. So, like, after my fifth year in Japan, I saw someone. And the way they explain it to me is, like, inside your body is like a, a container and you can hold so much pollen but once it reaches the limit it spills out and you can never reduce the amount so once you mm. get right. this hay fever right. like that's it you have it for like life yeah. and i never had this shit back home yeah only in japan and it took Same. like five six years of being here for it to build up Same. and now it's spilled out like it's just yeah. a, i hate uh, it i never knew that that was a thing until yeah. i looked up like because you know i'm thinking like am i getting sick or something right yeah, yeah, right yeah. and then you know i'm like oh like today is like a really bad hay fever day yeah, and yeah, then yeah. i look it up and you know i was in denial for a long ass time i was like nah nah i'm just <laughs> sick dog i don't have allergies i'm just yeah. i've just been sick for the last four weeks i don't get allergies yeah. <laughs> what do i look like somebody with allergies <laughs> shit yeah, california it's, dog yeah <laughs> it's crazy man there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that yeah. where it's it's kind of like commonplace in japanese society but yeah. then for foreigners you're like wait y'all just deal with that yeah, all the yeah, time like so you're telling me that y'all just planted all of these cedar trees and y'all don't want to just like burn them down because I, right. I think i think it's like uh three out of four people in japan have uh allergies to a degree you know what yeah, i mean it's yeah. very it's very um unlikely that somebody can just like not experience them so then work. think of all that like piling on top of the coronavirus thing so you got people thinking that they oh yo either yeah. do have it or they don't have it when yeah, they yeah. do have it or don't have yeah. it you don't know and who's then, sick right now right like, and they're sneezing anyone. on the train yeah. and, yeah, and then you get looked at like you're trying to kill people yeah. <laughs> I, I get I, I get upset when people are just like sick around me like yo don't yeah. you like won't you stand in the corner <laughs> yes. away from me yeah. but then the people without the masks who cough yeah. like into the air and shit like yeah yeah man man like, nobody it, taught you how to hit the the dab <laughs> like, oh, you know, man. Like, we go to the elbow we had a. Uh, so I started doing a part-time part-time job six months ago, and uh, my office sent an email around saying, "Yo, be careful! If someone's sneezing or coughing around you, just check with them if they've got like hay fever. You don't want to like <laughs> be like mad at them and thinking they're all like right, and stuff right. and shit. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's some real like I've, I I never had the flu my entire life until I came out here, which was kind of tight. 
This is why I didn't think I had allergies. I was just like, I'm tight. I never had the flu, but the first year out here, I got the flu. And I just realized, like, oh, man, like a lot of people are kind of disgusting and just like touching their mouth and touching things. Sure. And it's like it's just so much of it. And like I noticed like one of the things that I see in the bathroom a lot is like the men, they don't wash their hands. They do like the three finger like wetness. Oh, like yeah. this cold dip it. water, man. <laughs> I know, right? like, there are no there barely any sinks with hot yeah. water. So it's right. like you're washing your hand. You, you just And they don't know about lotion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if y'all know about lotion. There's a there's a thing in the black community where we say that white people don't know about lotion. <laughs> so maybe you guys rock with lotion, but I I, I rock with lotion right. all the time. So if it's cold, you know, I just put the lotion on because otherwise I look like I've been I don't know. I, I declined to answer that question. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it secret. No, answer it. Answer it off mic. It's, it's, it's winter, man. You yeah. got to because yeah. otherwise you get the hangnails. And, yeah, man. I've just been with it. Like even my wife, I'm like, yo, you don't put lotion on. Like, what is what? Is, like, how? <laughs> you watch Japanese? Yes. I'm like, how have you? Japanese people just have through? amazing skin and don't have to do anything yeah. to themselves to make them look like 30 years younger than yeah. all of us. So, yeah. yeah, but once they hit that, once their body fills <laughs> up with enough of that kafucho, it's like it's <laughs> over for them. Like, you know, they hit like 60 years old and then right. they become like really 60 years old. But let's we, we're talking a lot about like Funjo in Japan <laughs> and I appreciate it because I'm sure a lot of people want to know that. But yeah, I think yeah that's, we, we that's do have like the incredible Marcus D here yeah. and that's kind of nuts, man. Like. And, and uh, it was coincidental, purely coincidental, that right now, um, just recently, is the 10-year uh, anniversary of the passing of Nujabes. And, uh, and and I think this is a disservice to both you and him, but I've seen a lot of people consider you as, like, his kind of spiritual successor in terms of, like, sound. And, uh, of, of course, that's got to be flattering, but in a, in a way, it's also, it, it, it it's... It's an injustice to you because you're much more than, you know, like the successor of his sound. And he's so much more than somebody that can just be, you know, replicated and followed. But I think that maybe that statement comes from a place that both both of you and him are able to elicit uh, certain feelings out of people with your music. And when you're compared to somebody like a New Jabez or a Jay Dilla, that's really dope. And I think it speaks to your talent. Do, do you have a problem with people? I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, yo, people are always doing this shit. This is kind of whack, right? Let me do it to you right now. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is it kind no, of an issue no, in your man, career? No, like, how mean, do you feel about that? First off, thank you. And I appreciate, uh, you know, the first off, the um, acknowledgement that people, you know, do tend to do that. But, um, yeah, I think it's misplaced. Um, I don't think anybody can replicate what he did. Um, and I also think that we're more than just images of other people um, because Word. what I would, um, what's influenced me and what's what I've put into music um, is so much different than his influences mm -hmm. and the things that inspired him to make music. So we're all different people and we transmit vibrations and music through um, different ways of explaining ourselves, you know, and telling our narrative, I guess. Word. But, um, you know, something that I listen to and would want to flip is not necessarily something that the next person would flip. And if they did, they'd probably flip in a different way. Yeah. Um, so I think that for me, um, I'm, of course, I'm flattered to be compared to somebody like him. And I chased his image my whole life, you know, um, up, up until a point where I was getting compared to him. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of didn't want to be. Sure. anymore uh, well you also you know 
I, I don't know if you you've ever met him. Have you ever met him before? <coughs> not in person. No, no not in person. Um, but you've worked with um, you know substantial uh, work with him, and you and substantial are tight with Bop Alloy, and uh, an incredibly dope project, by the way. But I mean, uh, it kind of would draw comparisons, I imagine, right? Right, right. And you know, um, there was a point when I, I was very much um, only influenced by his stuff, or not only, but majorly influenced by his sound uh, because it kind of com- uh i guess compounded everything that i loved about hip-hop music and about other music um, and japanese and eastern influences so mm-hmm. um, but you know I, I think that um of course when i met substantial um that was kind of an instant connection with me and him where i've you know that's been like my big brother though i do have a big brother but um substantial has you know been like a big hip-hop brother where he's mentored me and influenced me and you know given me a lot of um knowledge and passed things on to me that um you know it's been what 10 years since we started bob alloy so it's been 12 years that we've known each other so i've he's incredible he's 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 an amazing human being like uh He's a dope rapper, and I always say this about all the people that Nujabez worked with, because I have had the, uh, um, the opportunity. opportunity. Thank you. I'll be losing my English out here. Really? <laughs> I get it all the time. Yeah. Have you have you started like reading English words the wrong way on accident, like storage or mirage? <laughs> oh man, take. I like the triple yeah. take. There's yep. a gun called yep. the triple take on Apex Legends. I'll be like, get the take, get the take. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's always Shout it's, to it's, us, it's different, but. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I have had the opportunity to work with um, a lot of the same artists that Jen did. And um, what I've always told people is that they're dope MCs and artists, but they're even better human beings. Um, So I've been able to kind of, you know, um, work with them as people, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them just... A lot of fans just see them as these artists that Nujabez worked with, right. like collaborators of Nujabez. Like they're not their own person or their own artist. Right. So like they don't yeah. have their own shit going on. Yeah. And I think that's in the huge, shadow of him. Yeah. And I think that's a huge fallacy because, um, you know, Shingo too has done so much stuff on his own and in his own community and substantial is also Hell yeah. a major. Shingo too uh, is the probably, I would say the most, the greatest Japanese MC out of, all of the Japanese MCs. I feel like he's got the most, like, he, he's been doing it for t- over 20 years. Right. The popularity, yeah, yeah. the quality, the ability. He's worked with everybody. I, th- I sure. feel like he's, like, the number one most well-known and respected guy. Right. Verbal. Verbal is... Up there, too. Which I, I w- I'm not going to compare, like, uh, right. verbal, uh, you know... Yeah, they're both. They're yeah, both they're not, they are. They're, um, yeah. I didn't, that was actually a pun. I'm not gonna compare their vocal verbal abilities, but um, their levels of um, notoriety or right. really fame are similar. Indeed, because indeed. Um, you know verbal also worked with Nujo. That's a lot right, of people right. don't know that. Um, <clears throat> under the moniker of um, L Universe, so if you find L Universe tracks, that's actually verbal. Um, and you know he worked with Lupe Fiasco and. Right. DJ Dextreme, who also doesn't get enough love, in my opinion, because um, he was with Nujabez, you know, in the beginning, and uh, also helped produce um, To This Union, His Son Was Born, which is substantial in Nujabez's first album, and Nujabez's first album that he put out. Um, so I think that 
you know, his name was Mona Rissick back then, but Dextream also passed away. And uh, Rest in peace. I think he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I, I, preci- I appreciate you highlighting that. Uh, one of the one of the focuses of our of the podcast that we like to uncover is to really highlight a lot of uh, incredibly talented people within the Japanese music community. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the language barrier, oftentimes, like, it's a little bit lost in, you know, history because, yep. oh, at least for English speakers, you know, there's probably... You know, hip hop academics out here that are well informed and understand this, but for American listeners who love Nujabes might not have any idea about, you know, how important guys like Verbal and Shingo 2 are um, to the entire canon right. of music. So uh, I don't want to stay on Nujabes too long, uh, you know, rest in peace to him, but I do, I would like to hear what you think about his legacy in music. Uh, oftentimes, um, people cite him and Dilla as kind of the fathers of this lo-fi movement or this just like beat movement. And um, sometimes that's things that people really agree with or highly disagree with. Um, a lot of the lo-fi stuff doesn't really sound like Dilla or Nujabes. Right. A lot of it doesn't come from hip-hop culture like Dilla and Nujabes sure. do and understanding of the culture. Right. A lot of it is, you know elevator music to me at times well what do you right. think about yeah. that that legacy Bo- both of you i would love to hear actually i tend to think that lo-fi you know i'm, I'm gonna let you speak first so Marcus, go ahead man it's tough for me because i'm lo- conflicted about a, it. a lot of these like like young like lo-fi hip-hop chill hop beat makers beats to study too type beats of shit. to relax and contemplate your existence too beats they're to really young homies too they're super, some of them are like super young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Some of them that come from like a totally different background. Kids listening to like EDM was like the first right. like kind of like electronic underground music, I guess they listened to. And it's cool. They got influenced by this kind of like this stuff, but I don't feel they come from the same place or hold up the same thoughts and ideals. I guess that we did people over 30, I guess, or whatever for like hip hop. Because when I hear this stuff and people are like, oh, yo, this is like the newest thing, man. This YouTube channel, they play like Ghibli sample piano like stuff and like hip hop beats. I'm like, man, I feel like, you know, I've been listening to this for right. like years. Right. <laughs> it, I, I I think it's 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 an interesting word. Like sometimes you, you want to be careful about it because it sure. almost sounds like if I say, oh, he's a lo-fi artist. Some yeah. people feel like that's a pejorative. There's a stigma. Because There's a stigma. Yeah. Well, I, sure. and, and I agree with it in a lot of ways. Uh, my interactions with that community and just hearing some of the music, a lot of it feels like some real gentrified, you know, hey, Dilla hey, gentrified man. beat. Sure. Hey. And and it's 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 a gross thing and it's it's fine that people want to make that type of art right and, but a lot of it just seems a little bit uh lowbrow like yeah. really easy yeah. to manufacture there's no y- you listen to a dilla or a new job is to for example like the, the prime guys right. man there, there's no way that uh, New Jabez was not aware of the music that he was sampling. He had, sure. he, he yeah, was yeah. probably making something. Yeah, said, yeah. you know what would be really good with this? This 1978 record, you know, the second track of oh, an intimate yeah. relationship with the music. And you listen to a Dilla, and there's just like a soul to his drums <laughs> right. to the point that this non-trained musician has trained musicians wondering how. Mm-hmm. And. You, the kind of legacy of them being 
tethered, I think, to this right. scene is a little bit strange and contentious. Mm. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I think that there's a lot of times where I've spoken on um, lo-fi stuff and I have a lot of opinions on it. Um, and I've censored myself because I don't want to be that old head yeah. hating on the new generation. I, I agree. Um, I just want to throw out that I'm not like a hater. <laughs> no, no. And, and, I, I, I mean, I there's good and bad yeah. in that genre, like any sure. other genre. And I don't think that we should have to, you know, censor ourselves on our opinions based on thinking that we're going to look like a hater. Right. Because we got hated on. I mean, I got hated on a, a, a bunch when I was coming up because it was kind of the same stuff where I had to try and break the wheel now of not, you know, putting that forward because there were times where I got hated on for a sampling too obvious of things and people were like, yeah. oh, that's just that, you know, that uh, Grover Washington Jr. sample. Right. I'm like, yeah, but right. it's, it's dope and I liked it right. and that, you know, that's why I felt I wanted to sample that. So um, I understand the lo-fi movement of hearing something dope and being like, oh, I'm going to turn that in. That sounds like something that I know that I feel and I could turn into something right. that I, you know, makes me, that moves me. Right. right. So I get that. But there's a way that you have to carry yourself if you want to be recognized in a certain way by mm -hmm. people who created right. you know, this yeah. art form, the well, indoctrination of it. You that's know. one of the things about sample-based hip-hop is if you are actually looking for samples right. and investigating and hearing music sure. and not just clicking a YouTube video and just, okay, that two-second work, like... It provides uh, an educational basis for you to deeper right, right. and recontextualize music and where it comes from. So, you know, when you listen to a sample, uh, when you listen to a song and you say, man, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. you find out the sample, it, it connects you to that right. past artist. Exactly. Like, it provides sure. like a really baseline, uh, like a base education. And, and I think that's important, not right. essential or imperative, but it's important. And it's right. only created better artists within the genre mm -hmm. now the ethics of sampling have always been a little strange when the roots were coming out they're like this doesn't sound like hip-hop hip-hop because there's too much live instrumentation mm -hmm. like when, soul. when you when you talk about somebody like uh dj shadow for right. example dj shadow was taking not uh you know a five second sample or a two second loop and chopping it and changing it he was taking you know 10 seconds and then you know using these a long form sample base and almost cinematic and people are like though this isn't hip-hop this is something else this right. is right. trip hop or and and you know those guys that broke the rules actually you know created uh, a new groundwork and foundation for other people right. and because those rules were broken um didn't mean that we lost everything the generations before but sure. it means it created new things so that's what i say about lo-fi hip-hop is that lo-fi itself was you know invented so much or you know coined so much b further back than you know even when nujabez was doing it right all right, not he wasn't doing lo-fi, but when he inspired certain lo-fi producers, um, because the lo-fi lo in and of itself is genre-breaking, and it is, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's something that's new. But the way that, you know, lo-fi producers are producing is nothing groundbreaking. They're, no. they're re, you know, just recreating right. stuff that they've heard, and then they all echo each other. Right. And yeah. that's, that's yeah. the stuff that I, that's I can't really I, stand, because it doesn't 
inspire me. It doesn't that's move one of me the up. that's one of the main ethics that I don't think we should ever slide away from. Yeah, sure. like being derivative and yeah. just inauthentic and just copying has never been dope. Right. You know, exactly. Like it's never Bite, been biting yeah. has never been allowed yeah. in hip hop culture. Yeah, There's right. never been a place for biting, and I believe that lo-fi is a culture of biting. A hundred percent. Well, when you like, when I listen to some artists, it's like, right. wow, like I recognize, oh, that's one of this guy's beats oh, or one of that man. guy's beats. People have voices Hell within yeah. that genre who are tremendously good. Like, um, I forget how to pronounce it. Ginseng, you work with him. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Ginseng. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I've I only read it. I've, I've I think you've worked with him, though. Yeah, yeah. We, we did a track together. Um, but but like he has a sound. Right. Like when I hear it, I'm like, okay, that sounds like one of his joints. Sure. But then there's like a hundred, a hundred cats that are just like, yeah. oh, it sounds like somebody else's, and almost anybody can make it. Yeah. And it's like that for almost every single subgenre of hip hop, right? Trap music, uh, boom bap. Sure. So yeah, this is this is the toughest thing for me is is being able to open up a YouTube video of live streaming anime beats chill and hear a thousand tracks and it just sounds like the same person. Yeah. It's because it's all about the collective. It's not yeah. about the individual person, which I, I I think that's dope, but I don't think that it's um, intentional. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I think it is just because yeah. they all are, tr are all copying something sure. and they're all, they're not injecting their own, um, you know, influence and uh, thoughts and process into it. Sure. They're just, reiterating what works yeah yeah so what works and what gets on spotify playlists the spotify playlist bubble has created a terrible cancer inside of genres mm -hmm. because now yep. it's it's about how does it fit into this playlist how does it fit into what i'm doing with my day sure. instead of am i just sitting here and am i going to listen to this album because it's an album that i want to listen to or right. am i going to listen to this music because this is what i'm going to do right and that fits my mood mm -hmm. it's wallpaper right it it fits whatever you are doing like uh beats to have a uh, candlelit dinner by right yeah beats yeah. to That's ride crazy. my car yeah. by i just saw like uh i i got spotify recently and i just saw today there's like multiple different approaches to studying playlists <laughs> like oh, yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be because that's heavy all. focus mm -hmm. heavy focus playlists like light yeah. study playlists because that's how you commodify something so spotify sure. is commodifying lo-fi and i think that lo-fi itself is commodifying hip-hop culture and beat culture mm. and that's what right. where the gentrification comes from is because people are trying to make money off of people who have created this you know certain uh, carved out area mm -hmm. in hip hop for themselves and right. for initially black culture and beat makers mm -hmm. like Ross G and uh, DiBiase. Yeah. Right. You know, and I came up doing uh, Red Bull Big Tune beat battles, right? Mm -hmm. That's where I met DiBiase. And he was doing lo fi way before then. So there's yeah. two different right. types of lo fi where right. it's beat culture and then there's this lo fi, and I'm doing quote fingers, right. sure. where, they, where they stole it. Yeah. yeah. They took right, it and right. made it work for them. And that's yeah. that's the. You know, I, that's the essential yeah, for sure. part of gentrification. Well, see, the thing is, like, we were talking earlier about how, like, we don't want to come across as the old haters, right. but it's very much up to people who are aware of the situation to kind of bring it to light in not a way that kind of demonizes the people who are commodifying it or gentrifying it, but just one that also uplifts those who are right. actually important to the sure. genres and, and right. the way those things work. And, and I, I think there's yeah. a big difference as well between, like, back in the day if someone made something and it 
ended up being lo-fi because the sample or whatever equipment they used was old or like broken yeah. and shitty was lo-fi. Mm -hmm. Right. But having something that's really clear and purposely making it lo-fi. Yeah. It's strange. It, it yeah. It kind of takes away from the yo, point. I remember <laughs> when a lot of cats started throwing tape hiss on their on their samples because like Dilla had hella mm. tape. And it was just like, oh, I mean, tape hiss sounds dope. Like, you know, record pop sounds dope, but like everything <laughs> like know, right. every every track you yeah, i'm not gonna lie i definitely did that back in the day Yo, shout out to submerse <laughs> man he was killing it <laughs> it's, it's artifacts you know like it's but, things that give you an insight yeah. into the time that it was made and sure. it, it's a historical thing so you know of course you know we're not trying to hate on people that are you know gentrifying things because it's, it's not be, it's not all it's not all it's not the purpose and right. it's not intentional right it's just a process and a byproduct of it and you have to be aware of that byproduct otherwise you don't know where you're going and, and you're, right. you're letting people who created this go unheard and well, unknown sure. and that's that's not what hip-hop's about right. that's why sampling i feel like you're if you're a, if you're a producer that samples which you should be mm -hmm. at least a little bit you're a curator of past music you're, mm. you're curating music yeah. for other people that's what yeah. djs do that's right. what producers do but you know if, if you're like yusuf latif right nujabez a lot of people know yusuf latif now because of nujabez mm -hmm. that's yeah. a dope job of curating music because he loved that music and yeah. he put it into his own and he cared for it and he cared about it and made it his own mm. I, I you know i grew up my parents were listening to a lot of like soul funk and right. all types of music genres simon and garfunkel and all these things so i was getting a musical education from my parents but i cannot tell you the countless numbers of tremendously talented artists that i right. found because i was like where is that horn come from yeah, yeah, yeah. how is that so beautiful and you go back and you know the the it, it's changed you know hip-hop has a wonderful way of restructuring things and framing things in new lights and, and new different ways but the original music is fantastic too and i don't get a lot of that when it comes to some of the more mcdonaldized versions of any of this hip-hop shit but word so, i mean you just, you just I, gotta you gotta pick what you listen right. to and what you don't listen to and that's that's your choice yeah. you know For i like sure, to hate man. though I, I really do like yeah. to hate on I mean, sometimes yeah. but i'm also not an artist right. so but it comes we're, across we're as over th we're 30 and over now yeah, so right. we got to the point where we we can in, inject a little bit of our opinions yeah, into sure. what we know because right. we i mean i came up as Somebody who's always being told, "Oh, well, you don't remember that part. You don't. Remember, you weren't sure. there for yeah, that yeah, part yeah. of hip hop. You weren't for there for that yeah. part of hip hop." Right. But now there are parts where I was there for, mm -hmm. for and sure. I remember, mm -hmm. and now I'm able to give my opinion based right. on that. And that's yeah. that's just trying to educate people. I think that's earned too. You, you earn the, yeah. the right to do I that. I mean, uh, all of my OGs like. Whether it was the 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 dude that was breakdancing longer than me, or the dude that was writing graffiti, they always imparted like it was an oral tradition of like letting me not know not to do the sucker shit and right. who to respect. Sure. And it was it was like you know, there's no way that you would ever like don't ever come out of your mouth talking shit about sure. like rock him. Right. It doesn't right. matter if yeah, you don't yeah. care for it. Like, don't ever do that. And something's been lost in that, I guess, since yeah. like the Telecommunications Act and kind right. of the the, commodi uh, the commoditization of of hip hop music. Sure. But you know, I I gotta say, like, I'm I'm really happy. Uh, I haven't heard any other interviews with you, Marcus, but I, I like how much of a hip hop head you are coming across to me uh, as. Yeah. I always respect <laughs> that, and I always I always feel like a lot of times more than being like 
you know, American or black and Filipino or a man, a lot of times I feel like the culture that I most am is hip hop. Mm. So when I come across somebody right. uh, who is similar minded or comes from that similar mm. like culture, it, it always feels like, oh, this is like a brother. This is like right, a homie. Sure. This is automatically right. we are, you know, like on the desert island if we crash the plane like we've got to work together because right. you know we could do something right but and i, yeah, I think good. The, the student master relationship and in, in like having respect for um, people that came before you is is very prevalent in japanese society but it's also very prevalent in hip-hop society I, mm. at least it should be um and it was before you know certain new genres where you know you see i, I can't think of anybody saying, that's worth their salt in hip-hop that doesn't have like a predecessor that that hipped them to the game and right, how right, to sure, do things right. and inspired them and told them how to be better Th like even 50 cent like wasn't rapping regular bars until jam master j yeah and it's like right. you know so word yeah. this is what kind of worries me now though is like my my parents never listened to like jazz blues funk soul so like I learned everything. I love those genres through hip hop. I discovered like music essentially through hip hop. But now this the the, the newer kids and this like young stuff right now, is this a fad? Is everyone like gonna yes. move on to the next thing? And that makes me feel really sad because that I don't like seeing hip hop used in that yeah. way for a quick trend. And a lot of these kids are making like some good money because yeah. they're in these like playlists. Shout out to these yeah. like Lil Yachty going from college dorm to like he's got an axe body wash you know what i mean that's good yeah, for yeah, yeah. 19s but I, I i almost don't see pop rap as hip-hop in a lot of ways and it's a useless distinction to make but it's one that i like mm. to make i really feel like trap is the new disco i feel i think it meets like that's, all that's the interesting i, I think mm. it meets all the criteria and not to say that disco wasn't dope i mean no, like, there's, there's a lot, lot of dope, dope that right. came from disco but i think that it's reached a point where uh, disco reached a point where it was so copied and replicated right. and it became a, like a shell produced. of its former self sure. and it just kind of lost its essence and soul right. and while people were still able to make it dope because of the cultural saturation it became a really kind of ugly nasty right. thing sure. and i and and to be honest with you i hope at some point mainstream hip-hop becomes distasteful to people because a lot of those things i feel are just like net negatives for people in general you know um and not just hip-hop doing that type of shit like right. pop music like the kind of mindless consumerism and the opulence and the the kind of toxic masculinity right. and objectification of people and just like, a lot of that shit is just yeah. really nasty to me right. for children to be picking up on oh, sure. and they're going yeah, to pick yeah. up on it because it's fucking popular so yeah hell yeah i don't mm. agree with like you know the the, the way they present themselves and the message that they're trying to send but one thing i do appreciate is at least they're moving in a direction that's yeah. new and you know say i like a lot of those dude I, cats, man. I i'm a pretty big fan of a lot of new yeah, me too the the mainstream like pop hip-hop stuff and i appreciate when they do something that's outside the box or a little weird especially yeah. dudes like say like vin staples or, or someone when they're especially even the beats they're using are just weird yeah. like abstract mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that so much more than maybe like the the new lo-fi stuff which sure. I don't see moving in any interest see, in new. That's what I was just going to say is right. like a lot of the, you know, trap and pop stuff cuz I mean, really pop is an ever-present, you know, genre. Right. So trap can fall under pop, right? And mm. hip hop can fall yeah. under pop and everything can fall under pop, but trap the, right the goal now. is for <laughs> things to become popular and and change pop so it can be more 
easily commodified. So yeah, right. absolutely. So so pop right you know right now is trap because there's a and Indeed. you know there's always going to be other like acoustic pop and Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber and stuff. But trap music is where it's at right now. Mm. And like Submerse is saying, like I tend to find more innovation in that than I do lo-fi hip hop because it, it's just yeah. constant. You know, it's over and over again the same thing. And with trap, with pop, you can't do that. You can do it to a certain extent. Um, because you know, obviously, there's going to be trends where this is mm -hmm. going to be number one, and then everybody's going to copy that, right? And then that'll get knocked down, and the next thing comes, and then that'll get knocked down. So it's, but I don't see that with lo-fi. I see right. a very stale, stagnant genre right now where it's yep. not moving forward, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the death of it. It has right. to, it has to evolve, otherwise, sure. it's going to die. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think that what happens with fans who are not from like hip hop culture and stumble across like a 24-hour lo-fi channel like oh i like to just like play rpgs to this i think a lot of times they start to be like okay this is cool but you know who is this artist and they kind of like step out and then they find out about you know the the more talented guys or the guys who are uh you know maybe partially adjacent to the genre but doing something very different because man like no matter what you want to listen to i mean dibiase still making dope shit you all of yeah. you guys are making oh, yeah, dope definitely. shit like both of you could easily be called lo-fi artists by someone who is not too savvy with language or mm. understanding. But what you're both doing, indeed. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you might have tracks on, on, on lo-fi playlists, both of you, yeah. you know, at times. Yeah. But, but uh, tremendously different in your approach and your sound aesthetic and also uniquely not as similar as a lot of the guys who are making the right. happy meal version of it. So I've, I've got like kind of a thing to say on this because there is like lo-fi is just a nice way to be able to commodify and uh, fit the genre into a nice little iTunes, mm. you know, genre box, uh, which I don't even know if there is yet, but you know, the, it used to be um, jazz hop. Ah, mm, yes. Right? I so remember before the days of jazz hop. it was called jazz hop and now it's the same exact shit just with, tape hiss to it right. and final hiss to it so yeah. and slightly offbeat drums you know mm. um so i was heavily considered jazz hop like you know in the forefront of jazz hop back in the day not even back in the day but i you think know. i li i dislike the term jazz hop Dude, more I, than i dislike yes, lo-fi lo-fi yeah. is yeah. a much cooler way yeah. to say yeah. than yeah. jazz hop when I, I when me and substantial you see it called jazz hop fucking cringe yeah, it was terrible like dance, it's dude. super yeah, corny yeah, like to yeah, be called it it's like just call us hip-hop because yeah. even nujibas was not like his own genre of things he right. was just hip-hop right. because yeah. hip-hop has always had roots in jazz and right. funk and soul right so it, it's just it's just hip-hop but people <sighs> will always gross. compartmentalize it yeah. because of the fact that they need it to fit into the certain playlist right. sure and when you can do that, then you're able to um, market it much mm, easier. Indeed, indeed. So from a marketing perspective, right. I like when I get called lo-fi if it gets me on a playlist. Sure. Right. But if somebody's just remembering my legacy as a producer and sure. calling me part of yes. the lo-fi right. movement, I would never want to be remembered right. that way. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Because that's not something that I, you know, think of as a good right. label. For me, that has that has negative connotations more than it does positive. But for right. some people. It's just lo-fi, right. and that's just what they want to be called, right. and they're cool with that. Is it safe to say that you guys would describe yourselves as hip-hop artists? Is that the easiest way to quantify it, or is it... Because I know y you've made different genres yeah. than hip-hop, yeah, 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 but... Yeah. I mean, how do you describe yourselves in terms... This is a trash-ass question to ask musicians. No, By mean, the way, how does it 
how does it work? I, I feel for me it's especially hard because I have other projects where I make just straight ambient music, mm -hmm. and I've done that for a long time. And then I've had other projects where, like back in the day when I was like really young in the UK, I could not be influenced by stuff like jungle right. and like UK music. So I feel it's it's tough. Yeah, I think the umbrella for it all is essentially hip hop. I think it mm -hmm. has to be. I don't think of anything else that. You know, when I was listening to Jungle, like, and, and this is the thing, too, you know, like, uh, New Job is, mm. he, when I first heard him, he reminded me of LTJ Bookham, mm. because LTJ Bookham would have these, like, really beautiful melodies that kind of changed and just, like, really dope drums, right. and when I heard for New Job is, I was like, oh, man, like, that is a really dope, beautiful, like, serene loop that that is different from most of the other shit that I've right. ever heard, but, you know, I got kind of like that thing and i guess i just associate everything that i liked with hip-hop because right, i was right. so damn hip-hop yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that you know hip-hop encompasses a lot of things just like rock music does i mean anything that isn't hip-hop is kind of rock yeah. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> you know or funk or, or jazz i have a, i have homies that are like oh hip-hop is just punk like it's the punk aesthetic like to be against anti-establishment shit but yeah. but i mean you know it, it it all i think all of it comes from essentially black culture in the beginning because even yeah. rock comes from that Indeed. and jazz and funk and hip-hop and everything um but yeah i mean i i would like to call myself a hip-hop artist um i, I do cool i do that me. because you know i don't like to call you guys jazz hop guys <laughs> no i just, yeah, I, just like just for <laughs> me the umbrella is just like i never really needed to make a distinction like I like boom bath hip hop. Right, I'd like, right. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Me only too. time that I was really reactionary is like, I was very much like, no, I like hip hop, hip hop. You're talking right. about pop shit. Sure. I'm talking about like underground, right. real non mainstream. And yeah. it's embarrassing. Like when you, when, when I tell somebody like, Oh, what are your hobbies and shit? It's like, Oh, I have a hip hop podcast because right. you know, they don't know the distinctions. Yeah. They think that I'm yeah. just talking sure. about like, Oh yeah, here's a podcast on the Migos. Yeah. You know, no, it's, I like, it's that, that too. But yeah. and especially in white culture, when you're trying to tell somebody, or somebody's parents, or you know anybody that you're a hip hop artist, right. it's kind of like there's a certain stigma that goes with it, where you're like, oh, so you're like a, a rapper, right? Are you like the Beastie Boys, Marcus and, and, D? And it's you know stuff like that that's very patronizing. Uh, where yeah. um, you know uh, I think that you tend to try and um, you get confused as to where you fit in, like you were saying, where it's sure. just, am I a hip hop artist or am, am I a rap producer? Am I a hip hop producer? Am I, you know, it's however people view you. So I don't yeah. like to put labels on it because whatever I, yeah. whatever you want to call me, you can call me that, but I make right. what I make yeah. and there's a certain sound to it that you'll recognize. That's why it's sure, a trash you know? question to yeah. ask an artist to define their art. Yeah. Yeah, it's my, really bad. my bad guys. Nah. I know it's a trash I question. Mean, like, <laughs> It becomes relevant, I think, especially now when, like, uh, you self-release your own stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. have to pick a genre to, like, right. release it digitally. Yep. Like, you have to. <laughs> and, like, I hate picking, like, hip-hop. Because I'm like, man, can I, like, really, like... Where's the like, instrumental kid from right. the UK to be like, yo, this is me. I'm hip-hop. Put me next to, like... Put me next to 50 Cent and Amigos. Right, like, that's right. That's me right there. Right. It's like... It's like, you know, the jazz... What was I just talking about? There was a classic Mega Late Show fuck up there. Oh, I was talking about you couldn't find the jazz hop uh, oh, yeah, tab yeah. in, in yeah. marketing your own music, which is unfortunate because you I guys know, would right. be killing it in the jazz hop. Uh, now there's the lo fi. Right there's lo fi tabs. Is there a lo fi jazz hop? I don't, I don't oh, think Dude, no. I was just about to say this. <laughs> right? I hope, fucking hope <laughs> right? not. Lo fi God. jazz hop. 
It's just like it's but just like it Tribe Called Quest instrumentals with like hella tape hiss turned up. That's definitely gonna be the name of the beat I'm gonna make tonight. Lo-fi oh. jazz hop to study to. Yeah, right. Chopped but, and so screwed. That, that, that's, that's what I was talking about to. earlier. Was like uh, lo-fi beats to kiss your homies to. How <laughs> 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 <I> was that? <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I like I was looking through like my my Spotify artist thing one time and I was just like uh, I saw the playlist right and one of them it didn't have that many plays but I was, just saw some like saw two black dudes like face kissing each other right I was like what the f- is this so I go and look and I click on it and it says it's labeled as lo-fi beats to kiss your homies too yo I like, that's I, funny I would I would shit. Dude, I would go uh, I'm gonna have that's to search that out funny. and see what's on there man <laughs> so what I, do every, you think it, what artists do you think are on that. Uh, no, I was on, I'm on there. <laughs> oh, word! Yeah, you can. Spin? That's, what, that's what I was saying because, yeah, like, yeah, when yeah. I, I go into my audience and my playlist and where I get plays from, that came up as one of the playlists. I was like, wow, that's that's oh. funny because it's. I'm guessing it's meant to be satirical, but like, yeah. you know, that that's so. Every time now, I, I basically like I tag my shit as a low five sure. beast to kiss your homies yeah, too because yeah. it's, oh, it's just fucking funny. Ah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna find that playlist and I'll probably throw oh, it yeah. on repeat because I think that's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know what it has on I it. Think but <laughs> I think it's wonderful though. I I, I like that. I and it's, it's probably funny. satirical, but I mean, I dig it. I it's dig funny. It. It's funny shit. So you gotta I, have a, you know some kind of sense of humor to be doing lo-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so the joint that just came on and it might have been the first one that came on since I just been using you as a musical bed. Is this Retro Two? Yes. Are you a big gamer? Cause me and yes. me and submerse game. So my actual everything, the music and everything came from uh, my love for gaming. Because yeah, it's a long story, but to make it short, when I was um, about, I mean, I've been playing games and acting like I was playing games since I was like two, three years old. Um, Duck Hunt on regular Nintendo and everything like How that. How old are you? I'm thirty. Okay. Um. So what about you, uh, submerse? Thirty-two. Okay. I'm a little older, but yeah, 36. Word. So you know about you know I know the vibes. You know, you know the you know the duck hunt. Hell yeah, yeah. man. Um, I used so to take that that Nintendo gun outside just in case <laughs> somebody wanted to step to me, tie the cord around your waist, right. hit them with yeah. So um, my brother is uh, 37. Um, so he was always not substantial. Your real brother. My real brother. Okay. And uh, so he was always hanging around, letting me kick it with his homies who were older right so um one of them was a big jrpg fan and this was way before final fantasy 7 or even playstation or anything um so i was playing final fantasy 2 which was 4 mm. on super nintendo when i was like seven years old eight years old um and he let me but after that he let me borrow the final fantasy anthology so i played five and six five is one of the hardest RPGs mm. ever to, still to this is day. Is that tactics? Five. No? Five. Just Final Fantasy five. Okay. I love Just five. Five. So, I've, I never really played the Final Fantasy uh, games. So that's where I learned how to actually like my vocabulary and reading. I learned how mm. from Final Fantasy and from reading the, you know, the games. And then um, my family had like a, a s- small upright piano downstairs and I learned how to play the prelude. The oh man. And that's where I got into kind of wanting to play music. So I started taking piano lessons when I was little and then eventually got to the point where I was like, hey, I could I could make beats. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to play piano. I could make beats. And you but started making beats like hella young, right? Like you yeah, were already like, like rocking with people like 16 years old. Yeah, I was 15. That's crazy. I started making it. So when I was 16, I put, my f- I put out Revival of the Fittest when I was in my senior year of high school. Tight. And that, that had Royce on it. 
uh, substantial. Um, a lot of people. Wow. What? Man, I remember a video from years ago where you were talking about doing a whole project just off uh, SNES. Yeah, samples. Yeah, this yeah. is this is that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Back to your question, Retro Two and Retro all came from just my love of Super Nintendo games because I didn't grow up on Sega. I grew up on Super Nintendo. Um, you were a Super Nintendo cat too, pretty much. Pretty much. All Nintendo. right. This is something that I've noticed in my my travels around the world. Why is it that the black community usually had a Sega Genesis? <laughs> it's because it was black. I don't know. Is this is this? <laughs> is, am, am I off on this? No, man. Like every all the black homies had Sega Genesis, and all Probably the other Sonic. Homies. Sonic. Yeah. Sonic was much cooler than Mario. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like he could he, identify he, he, like and Mortal yeah. Kombat compared to Street Fighter. Yeah, you know, right? we had the blood code. Yeah. So yeah. it's more. I think you know. I think it was easier for maybe for white parents to be like, oh, this is okay for my I kid was play, always a little bit envious because right. the, you know, the instruction manuals on any uh, Super NES games uh, were in color. And Genesis never had color, ma oh, another, another uh, excuse me, colored mm, instruction right. manuals. But, mm. but the Genesis had blast processing. That was that was how they used to advertise <laughs> this shit. You remember those ads? Yeah, The man. ads back in the day were uh, Sega Genesis does, does what, what Nintendo don't. Yeah, dude. Mm. <laughs> Hit him with that. That's what we're going to call the episode. No, we're not. I'm sorry. So, but, yeah. I mean, but, you know, if you if you listen to Retro and Retro 2, um, a lot of you can, it's it's kind of like digging where i didn't use a lot of stuff from like super mario world right i didn't use i used it from off set games you know mm -hmm. rare right. games that i played when i was a kid um and tried not to do too much like obvious sampling right. Right. um so it's more like if you if you knew about the games then you're like Holy uh, shit, yeah dude it sparks a level of nostalgia know. for you it yeah. does let's get, this let's is what really got me about that project it's like i Game music was almost the first kind of music I ever truly loved. Even mm. before I really got into hip hop, it was yeah. video game music that I so was I mean. singing in my head and in yeah. the car. So, you know, there's a million people out there that, that have sampled like some like something from Mario or Donkey Kong or something. Mm -hmm. But when you hear like a deep cut and you're like, oh man, that's you know, so like you uh, played that game too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was I was like I forget how old I was, but I was pretty young when the Super Nin uh with when the uh, N64 came out mm. and Super Mario World there was the, um, the level Dire Dire, dire Docks. Docks. Hell yeah, dude. I fucking love that Boom. Dire yeah. Dire. I would just sit I remember I'd be like a little kid in my room just listen to it play and feel like this real like melancholy oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, but it's never beautiful. Never leaves your head. Yeah. I would just get sad in my room. Yeah. Like, damn, life is so difficult for my ten-year-old ass. Man, game game music. the good old days. Game music is super special, and I'm just gonna throw a little little plug real quick. I, I run a uh, mix series called SideQuests, and it's just video game nice. music stuff uh, that I've been doing for for a while now. And um, man, it's super fun trying to do mixes of a certain genre but only for video game music mm. so like there's a bunch of stuff from like the early 2000s from like uh maybe like street by the third strike or like police noise oh, or like yeah. really 80s style like mm. uh synthy stuff and it's like yeah. I, I try and compile all that stuff together streets mm -hmm. of rage yeah and dude and then like really jazzy hip-hop stuff from certain games like, like like noir detective games mm. like anything from like it's like, like eight bit crime or, jazz. Yeah, dude, like eight bit or, crime jazz, dude. Anything from like uh, Sam and Max or like Snatcher or anything. Or, or. And you group that. And that's dope. There's so much stuff out there that's yeah. just mm -hmm. cool, man. And I mean, you think about like, that's why the reason I did that retro in the beginning was because like I was trying, I was trying to kind of 
as a hip hop producer, bring um, more light to certain producers or sure. certain composers that didn't get, you know, the people didn't really know about. I wanted to right. be the person that was like, hey, but you listen, do you know about this dude? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the produ- um, composer from Kirby, his name um, escapes me right now, but Kirby and, you know, Kirby Superstar and a bunch of everything like that. His, his, like, his melodies are so unique mm. where if you hear it, it's like, that's Kirby, right? right? right. And that, I think that his sound um, created a franchise. I don't think that, I think it's, he, the sound is more recognizable than the character itself. Mm. Right. Where if you hear Kirby's theme song, yeah. like you know where it came from. And right. you know, but so I think it's it's more about, it was a lot more um, of the job lied on the, the producer and composer back then to create these characters and bring them to life because you sure. didn't have good graphics yeah, yeah, yeah. And you didn't have good um, you know processing right right you don't even have anything to work with as far as a sound card so the story the writing and the music were the two most important things it's, it's a bit criminal isn't it that uh, video games are not considered high art uh, when mm. it, it not just Shit. the music depends on who like, you talk to because I consider yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> well you know but there's <laughs> like the highest there's yeah, I, there's yeah. no there's no Grammy for yeah. you, you know video game Vincent, music Vincent you know Van Gogh I mean? and then yeah. and then you got Sakaguchi yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> I mean I, I I dig it uh, and and I appreciate it while I'm not terribly familiar right. with a lot of the people who made that music like a lot of it is still nostalgic yeah. for me I think there's like I recognize the beauty in it. They like, try and give people as many accolades as they can through like video game awards, but most people don't really see video right, games. Right. Whereas I see yeah. it as the highest form of art there right. is. I mm-hmm. see it as like visual storytelling music. In, I, in I, all combined. I equate a lot of it to film. You know, there's there's yeah. high art in both in both, it, but sure. but like Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Um, while I haven't played the game, just watching the gameplay and uh, seeing the story, like that shit is kind of amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful how it can just draw you into that world. Yeah, and it's yeah, like sure. basically it's just like a walking simulator. Yeah, but it's fucking great. And I mean, it, it's one of those things too where we're talking about like uh, processing power, not having a sound card, where because of the limitations of the technology allowed for something really beautiful to be created just like a, an old like sp1200 with the sure. you know the five second the five, five two second sample yeah, banks yeah, yeah. like all of a sudden it just creates like this set like a uh, invention like sure a, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, some yeah word one of the things that like i was kind of worried that would be lost in like modern times for game music was like the restrictions back in the day was like the limited space on like a car cartridge was so small that people had to do as many tricks as they could to fit all the sound effects and the music too now people don't really buy discs anymore Mm -hmm. so much it's just like digital downloads that you pay for online which means you have unlimited space to essentially have like full huge long like Mm -hmm. sweeping orchestral pieces or what people do in games is they take pop songs and they fit them into games which i don't like so much i like tracks and music this should be made specifically right. for the game. That right. so like there's the a unique correlation between the fact that video game music has become less recognizable now than it mm-hmm. was in the past. Because first off, there's way more games now. And then second off, it's it's all just music. It's mm-hmm. not game music anymore. Right. It's just music exactly. because you're not you're not um, right. you're not stopped by the um, inability to you know the the, the word. Um, 
you're not stopped by the inability to use you know certain sound cards and things yeah. like that yeah, so yeah. The you're not limited by not any limited of by, the yeah. Yeah. so it's, you, you're just able to make whatever yeah. music you want like this this track playing yeah. right now could be on a video game yeah. wasn't it so and crazy it, how like uh guitar hero and tony hawk pro skater introduced people to like so many damn artists it's like not oh video game Hell music yeah. but it's just yeah. like I know people who are like, oh, yeah, I like Aesop Rock. I remember right. it on, like, Tony Hawk 4. Or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My nephew likes dancing, and it's just right. like, oh, I played that on Guitar Hero. It's like, word. Man, I just saw today they announced that they're making a full big documentary on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Oh, yeah. Shout out to that. I like yeah. that idea, actually. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, I like that idea. It's important. That raised the whole generation yeah. of Undoubtedly, I, a lot of a lot of my homies came came up and was like, "Yo, have you heard of Typical Cats?" I was like, "Yo, dog, I tried to put you on the Typical Cats <laughs> in like twelfth grade, and now because you play it on a video game, now you want to give yeah, us a play." It yeah. changes Come on, everything. Man. It does, yeah, man. It's, it's dope. And that's it's dope. why you can still listen to Super Nintendo music and like feel it so much harder yeah, than yeah. something you've never heard before. That's like fully orchestrated and whatever because yeah. you have those you know me- you have those memories that go along with. Um, you know what the story that you felt yeah, exactly you, were, you know you were feeling what the characters right. felt and dude, like my mom's a huge fan of like video game music and final fantasy stuff there you go because she used to sit and you know sit with me while i played it right and for her that reminds her of like our time together playing sure. those games and so when she hears it it's a different thing for her but right. it still has those you know memories connected mm-hmm. to it. Right. i think that's the biggest thing sure. for music is it connects to our receptors in our brain uh-huh. and makes us remember you know certain yeah. moments and I think like when you speak to people who are fans of games and game music, people really connect when it comes to the music for RPGs and JRPGs because there's not only the story right. that's like that, that has an emotional attachment, but the music mm-hmm. to that stuff too just pulls up these memories. And like when I was a kid, I'd never be sat down. I'm like, I'm gonna watch this love story movie or something, right? right? But right. I'm like playing like Final Fantasy, and I'm like, oh man, I love these these characters, their connection, yeah. like You're their kind bond. Of e- immersed, yeah, submersed yeah. in it. <laughs> So to speak. Oh, there you no. go. Man. There you <laughs> go. Word. Oh man, that was uh, that was probably the worst joke of the podcast. But word. well, I, I do want to continue talking to you guys about music, and we're going to spend the whole second half of the podcast doing that, sharing the new projects and things of that nature. Can you give me some social media information uh, right now? And and how about drop the name of your newest projects that are out or coming out? Submerse, you want to go? Um, my social media is just Submerse. Everything Submerse. Instagram, Submerse, got the Twitter, as on Submerse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Way to get, you know, the, you know, what did, what did they call that? Like, uh, you've got full mar- like market uh, saturation. I know, man. The term. I just yeah. gotta beat monopolized uh, it. I just gotta meet beat the dictionary for for, for the word. And then <laughs> you I'm got here, it. Man. I believe in you, bro. You and su- you and substantial. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Substantial's <laughs> running into that problem a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it though, man. It's a rewire. Right? You you got yeah. this. Um, I released a single two weeks ago called As You Like, uh, and yeah. Tell them about the new album, man, because the, the, like, the, the vinyl for this is like so beautiful. Nah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, this, this was last October, I think. Uh, was it that long ago? Yeah, dude, it was October, so that was like, uh, four or five months ago. Uh, shout out to the homie Repeat Patton for the cover. The cover's kind of interesting, actually, so... Repeat Pattern's wife, uh, her uncle took that picture in 1970 in Afghanistan of a stuffed tiger, and he found it in that's in sick. his belongings while going through old Polaroids. I was like, man, that, that's a pretty cool picture, that man. Really I don't want to use that. Um, but yeah, dude, that came out five that's months that's ago. That's hella hip-hop, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I released 
single as you like a month ago t- uh, two weeks ago that's on now and uh yeah man this next this year i'm just gonna try and push some new singles Word. see how things go well i love the album man i really enjoyed it thanks man so you guys go back and listen to the episode that we did with submerse and uh the god fitz ambrose the mysterious fitz ambrose uh and check out their music for sure and what about you marcus d um is yeah. Marcus D like your real name, or are you your real name like Patrick, and you just go by Marcus D because <laughs> nah. of reasons? <laughs> nah, Marcus D. That's, okay. that's, that's my real name. Um, yeah, so I mean, most of my stuff is just Marcus D. Um, and if it's not Mar- just Marcus D, then it's Marcus D underscore. Um, Instagram is Marcus D underscore. Um, and you just Twitter dropped a new Marcus album, D. Time Times Remembered, Times is that Remembered. right? Yeah. And uh, super dope. That came out like Thank what, last you. month? Um, and it came out in August in this in the states and in the world, but in uh, Japan it came out on January twenty first, I think. Okay. Um, and so if you're in Japan, you could pick that up at like the Tower, Tower Records, Records, right? Yep. Um, so we've got this uh, released through Absolute Zero and Introducing Productions, and um, yeah, um, it seems like people are digging the vibe so far. And it, I mean, it's kind of I made all these beats in twenty thirteen. 2014 what yeah so this is real old stuff no shit yeah um how sway sounds fucking <laughs> hella modern and just fucking Thank clean you. and precise i felt like yeah. this is the time to release it um and I, i've been wanting to for a long time but um the mixing and everything just took too long and i was waiting for the right time and then i think i found the right time where i was like i'm gonna put it out yeah. now um and yeah it's just it's kind of an ode to old jazz musicians from the 1920s 30s 40s um and it has that old you know prohibition noir feel to it um where the title is actually a homage to bill evans's time remembered okay um, and you know it's, it's kind of it's, it's a little jab at lo-fi where people in lo-fi sample bill evans and they sample uh, chet baker like I just mm-hmm. listen to that shit, and I try and make stuff that is on the same level mm-hmm. in a diff in this era. Right. You know. Yeah. So um, this is it playing in the background for the listeners too, by the way. So it's you know it's um, a lot of dope music that I found from that era, and I just wanted to let people hear that kind of jazz music because I don't think that it gets the burn that it should. You right. You right. We're all right. Mega late show episode one hundred and three. Put on your gas mask when you're out here. <laughs> Wash your hands. Cough into your protect armpit. Your, protect your nose. <laughs> Cough into your armpit. That's yeah. strange. What What is this? The elbow pit? Yeah. Cough into your elbow pit. Don't do that around me. Get away from <laughs> me. Yo, thank you guys. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with the second part where we're going to share a lot of music. And we're also going to play around of the sound cipher. So, uh, peace. I think I'm going to probably come in uh, in just a second and tell you guys about some upcoming shows here in Tokyo like I'm supposed to do but did not do for the episode with Jansport J. Uh, yeah, peace. <laughs>